what did we talk about? How did we talk about it? What's the best platform? Who's my target? Who could benefit? There's a lot of value in here. What is the value? What, how do I break it? I mean, it's just, you go from an hour of chat to possibly six, seven, eight hours of trying to land this into an audience so you can really leverage this piece of content to maximum effect. Because, you know, unless you're quite happy to do a, a TikTok and let it go and if it goes then it great if it doesn't i don't really care um, if you're doing it as a business and a brand building or a personal brand or any sort of marketing exercise you do want to leverage it you want this great bit of content to get as many eyeballs or earbuds as possible as a content creator once you've been at it for any length of time the fact is that you're likely to be metaphorically sitting on an untapped resource videos, podcasts, workshop recordings, past episodes, all of that content when categorized, transcribed, sorted and repurposed, it can be a massive asset to your content machine for your brand or business. But if the thought of all that work leaves you wanting to stick your head in the sand, then you're going to want to listen to this episode as we explore how to leverage the power of artificial intelligence to supercharge your content creation. The world of video marketing for business is changing and I don't want you to get left behind. G'day, I'm your host Ben Amos and welcome to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you the best in the world of video marketing, content creation, business growth strategy and storytelling along with practical tips, insight, and knowledge that you need to grow as a confident video strategist and build profitable businesses. Let's get on with the show. G'day, g'day, and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. You've joined me for episode 216, and I am glad that you're here. Hey, do you remember the first experience you had with automatic transcriptions? For me, it was when YouTube first brought in auto captioning and to be honest, it kind of sucked at the time. Accuracy wasn't that great, particularly with my Aussie accent, but it did serve its purpose, right? It was accurate enough at the time to add additional metadata for YouTube's algorithm to figure out what the video was actually about. But fast forward now, to 2021 and the artificial intelligence behind automatic transcriptioning is changing the way that we can work with content. And it's not just the Googles and the YouTubes of the world that can tap in to these AI engines. So when we consider all the content created by a typical business, whether that be audio recordings, podcasts, webinars, video content or others, we're faced with the question of what do we do with all this content once it's been published? Can we now use AI to better sort, categorize, repurpose, and continue to promote our content, to bring new value to that library that we've all got buried away somewhere? This is exactly the software and the solution that my guest today is building. And I know that you're going to want to try it out for yourself. Tony Simmons founded artificial intelligence company Sonnet after starting his own podcast and seeing how many time-consuming problems and audience challenges there were for audio content. 
He had previous experience in founding AI company Full Circle after practicing commercial law at Minter Ellison and British Telecom in London. And Full Circle went on to an acquisition by ASX listed company JCS. He then founded Marketplace Ventures as a software incubator and accelerator and then co-founded virtual tourism company Lithodomos, which is now in over 20 countries. Now, let me tell you a bit about what excites me about Sonnant. That's S-O-N-N-A-N-T, Sonnant. First of all, let me preface this with letting you know that I'm only just dipping my toes into the tool right now, as I've only been playing around with it for a week or so, but so far, I'm impressed with the possibilities that this tool will allow for us. Sonnet.ai is all about automated promotion and discovery of spoken word content. Through Sonnet's AI, you can turn your static library of content into a searchable and dynamic content management platform. So you can search, revive, and monetize your archived content. Now, of course, you're going to learn all about it and a lot more in this interview. So let's just get on with it. Oh, and stick around to the end because I have a very special discount for you to try Sonnet out for yourself, which I'll share at the end. But for now, here's Tony Simmons, founder of Sonnet.ai. Tony, welcome to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Thanks for having me on, Ben. I'm excited for this conversation because we're going to talk a little bit about your your platform, your tool called Sonnet, um, which we'll get into. But before we get there, I'd really love to just hear a bit more about your backstory. Kind of what what got you into into the world of business and content creation, and then what led you into software? That's a big move. Yeah, I mean, we can go right back to the start of my sort of uh, university days, where I was really keen on being a marketer. Um, and, you know, really wanted to get into marketing and advertising and uh, family friends that come from a family of professionals, doctors and lawyers, they sort of forced me down, forced me down. Yeah, no, they forced me down the sort of professional path and I started my career as a, as a lawyer but uh, in a marketer's body and uh, always wanted to break out of that. And a few days before my uh, sort of 30th birthday, after eight years of practising law, I just quit and sort of said, right, I'm going to start in a business area. Um, and started a, a tech business, a software business in telecommunications as it was, but my marketing side took over and, you know, really, you know, the sales aspect I really loved and, you know, it was the early days of the web and uh, search engine marketing. So I was really into that and how to build an audience was always part of my thing. So um, went and eventually sold that business, um, had a few years sort of, dabbling in a couple of other businesses. And then after getting out of a previous business, a tourism business that I, I helped found, I was like, what do I do, you know, with the rest of my days? I really want to get back into marketing and something. And I didn't know how to get into it. So I just started doing a podcast, you know, like it was pretty hot two years ago and uh, thought, yeah, this is great. And I was a big sort of uh, at the time, spending a lot of time looking at LinkedIn and some of the influences around this space and sort of probably like a lot of your listeners, Ben got into um, Gary Vaynerchuk at that point in time, the way he sort of dissected content yep. and uh, really, sort of, really sort of resonated with me with all these social platforms because I'm not into Facebook, I'm not into Twitter, I'm not into any social media. LinkedIn being in business is kind of my 
social media fix. And so I thought, you know, he makes a lot of sense here, brand building, uh, personal brand building, and the podcast all became an extension of that. And uh, as we got into the podcast, um, I started realising how difficult it was and that was the birth of Sonnet. So that's the kind of the full sort of story and segues into all the aspects, I think, of uh, marketing, my business backstory and also, you know, the software Sonnet that we'll no doubt touch on. So what do you think it is about about the content creation, whether it be podcasting, whether it be video, you know, what was it that that led to your desire to to create content, which obviously there's a, there's a commercial outcome, right? You're, you're wanting to build a brand. You're wanting to um, promote what you do in business. In many cases, what role do you think content creation of any form has for leaders in business today in 2021? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know where it happened, but in the last decade through social media, that whole, Andy Warhol, everyone gets their 15 minutes of fame. That whole sort of um, idea really percolated through to everyone when we got a camera on our phone. And so content became really pervasive really quickly. It sort of maybe it seemed like it crept up on us, but everyone was creating content, little videos, sharing it with each other. And so this became a natural sort of uh, way of expressing oneself. And at the same time, I think there was a real blurring between personal brands and, and business brands. I go back to where, again, LinkedIn, where I spend a lot of time. When I originally got onto LinkedIn and I'd say to someone, an employee, oh, you know, put your profile up on LinkedIn, be it a representation of the business brand. Oh, no, I don't, you know, I don't want to do that. You know, my personal stuff, my personal stuff and my business stuff is that's your problem. But if you look at it now, the way people represent themselves and the way businesses say you can't represent yourself like this because it reflects on the business, there became a real meshing of that at some point, a real overlap and intersection of personal brand and business brand. And so with people creating content, businesses spending a lot of money on advertising and reach, at some point I think it just organically happened that content creation within these social platforms became a really expressive way for businesses to get organic reach, low cost reach, talk to their audience. Uh, and then you start overlaying the values thing that came with it as well, being genuine, being transparent, being authentic. And, you know, content created by an individual through a phone um, is 10 times more effective than something really contrived. You know, someone sitting in their car saying, I feel really, this is how I feel today. I want to talk about it. It's far more engaging for most people than a really contrived sort of, you know, set piece. So, look, you know, there's a lot of moving parts I've talked about there, but I think all of this sort of coalesced in these social platforms where businesses realise, geez, I can reach a lot of people for a lot less money. It's free to talk to my audience on LinkedIn and build an audience or these other platforms, um, and it's really cost-effective to create content. And now you can see the result of that. There is just so much content everywhere. I think that's it. You know, I think there is so much content everywhere. And as, as content creation has become much more a part of the, I guess, modern business toolkit for many people that does result in a lot of content being created. But I also, I also think that um, for many people who are thinking about the value of content, 
for their business, for their personal brand, often what holds them back is, is the fact that they might start creating content. They might start a podcast. They might start doing some videos on LinkedIn or, or whatever, but then they stop because they don't understand, or perhaps they haven't got a strategy or a plan for what to do with this stuff now that they've created it. And often it can feel like you're doing it for nobody, you know? So I think that can be a bit demoralizing for people. What was your own experience, Tony, as you released your podcast and you put this content out there and, you know, it was just sitting there, I guess, like what was your experience with that? And I guess what, how did that lead to that realization that you had that led you into what you're doing now with Sonnet? Yeah. Yeah. So again, a lot of it was organic, but I'm a, you know, a bit of a, a research freak, you know, I like to really try and understand the the arenas in which I'm operating. So, you know, because I was, had finished with one venture, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of time on my hands to really look at the market, to really try and understand content. And prior to starting Sonnet, I was really quite far down the path in starting a content studio. I'd converted my a uh, little room out the back into a studio, bought all the lights and, and we had started filming um, content. And, you know, I was talking to brands about building content for them. So I was going, you know, really sort of scratching that marketing itch and going right down the content studio path. And it's still there. And at some point I think it's a really good, um, you know, opportunity to, to build that content um, because I really saw that, you know, there was a lot of people wanting to get into it. And so I started looking at it and I started coming up with things, you know, why do people start and then stop to your point? And I came up with these ideas that content is a commitment rather than a campaign. So a lot of businesses coming into it go, um, we run a campaign, we spend this amount of time, this amount of money over this period of time, and this is what we expect to see in our numbers. Well, that's not how personal content and personal branding and these social platforms work. You build up an audience, you continually feed the beast. Maybe it's insidious, um, but again, your reach is free. Your cost to do it is nothing. It's just the amount of time and effort and energy you put into it. So in doing that, there's the other part of it is like, if I get three people looking at my piece of content regularly, some people, oh, those, those are terrible numbers. I'm like, no, that's awesome. Like, you know, in business and in life, I had a really good mentor who taught me you don't deserve anything. I mean, he used a more colourful phrase, You don't, but essentially it means you don't deserve anything. So to have three people that follow you, I mean, you know, yeah. great things have happened with a group of four people, right? So I always looked at anyone who wanted to listen to my content, uh, anyone who wanted to, to follow me, whether they were friends or friends of friends, however they enjoyed it, they liked it, that's a win for the content, that's a win for what we're trying to do, you know, maybe they hate me, you know, any publicity is good publicity. I don't know. But I always saw that building an audience, however big that audience was, um, was a great result if people tune in. I think, you know, if you measure it by, you know, Facebook standards, you're always going to be disappointed. If you measure it by the fact that, you know, if you looked at it in your kitchen or your room and you said 20 people turn up every week to listen to me and come along to my house, to listen to me talk, you'd go, wow, that's really 20 people come to your house. And you yeah. say, okay, well, the digital platform's got a lot more reach. So maybe you've got 200 people or 300 people. That's bloody awesome in my book. You know, yeah. 200 rusted on people that if you told them, hey, I really think that you should go out and buy a, 
you know, a Toyota, I've got this Toyota, 60% are going to go, well, maybe I should check that out. I really like Ben. So, you know, maybe he knows what he's talking about. I'll go check it out. That's a really good way to communicate effectively, uh, to build a trusted relationship. And, you know, three people to me is a good result. I mean, if you're spending tens of thousands of dollars, it might be a better way to reach your audience. But if it's organic and you're doing it because you love it and you want to build the brand, I think it's a win, massive win. Yeah, it's such an important reframe, Tony, that idea of, you know, if you if you had the audience in that room in front of you, you would recognise that it's not numbers on an analytics platform, it's people, you know, and, and people people engage with people. And, uh, you know, I think as a podcaster myself, you know, to recognise that those numbers I see on the download stats are actual people who... Not everyone. I wish more people would reach out and say hi on LinkedIn or connect or something like that because it's great when that happens. But but they're out there, you know. These people are out there, and so I think that's that's such a valuable yeah. thing to keep in mind when you are creating content. And I had uh, I just do that. I did have someone email me once, completely randomly, say I've listened to this episode uh, half a dozen times. I listen to it when I'm really feeling down and I'm walking, and it really motivates me for business. Um, you know, thank you very much for producing it. I was like, that is just awesome. Now, for a business, if it can't translate into dollars or there's no demonstrable way for dollars, well, that's a marketing or salesperson's job to work out where to best spend their their resources. But as far as building trust and a connection with someone who really feels connected to what you're doing, I mean, you know, money can't buy that. Um, authenticity and that genuine feeling of thanks, that's because you love the content, you love the medium, you give wholeheartedly to the the, the medium um, and you take the bad that comes along with it. And that bit of good, if I impacted someone's life positively or their business life, that, again, that's a massive win. It's great. Yeah. yeah I have a, a mantra or a slogan saying whatever it is um, that I, I regularly say and listeners this podcast know this of and it's lead with value right so if you're if you're leading with the value that your content puts out into the world then you know i think that value will come back to you right yeah and i think that that's that's the mindset to have as a content creator um whether it be for business or for passion or or for fun right but i think that it throws up challenges right we talked about the amount of content that is that is out there now, you know, and if, if content creators like us, like our listeners who are doing video or podcast or whatever, you know, they're, they're putting content out there and, and then it's just often just sitting there, you know, they're, then they're not doing it, doing enough with it to give it the value that it can give to the world. So what was the, what was the problem that you were seeing that kind of led to the realization that you needed to do something about that? Yeah, so again, sort of looking at the whole process end-to-end, you know, there's uh, ideation, you think of what you want, what content you want to create, then you go through the recording process, which we're currently doing now, and then after that there's probably a production editing process, um, and then at the last bit you've got to promote it. And so... What's missing in this is, okay, content is king, content is king, content is king. So people go and create content. What's missing is the next step is like distribution is, you know, some people say distribution is queen. I don't think distribution is queen at all. If that content's sitting on a shelf and it's not distributed, it's, it's not king, it's just, you know, it's nothing. So 
distribution is the whole kingdom is the is the phrase that I really got my teeth into. So content's king, distribution is the whole. The distribution part is actually harder than recording content and creating content. You know, if we look at just this podcast, you had a an idea. Um, we got in contact. We sent a couple of really quick emails. We found a time. We're now on Zoom recording. Minimal effort to get to this point, and now we're just talking naturally. Minimal effort to create some really good content. After the light goes out, the you know the recording stops. You've got to go. Okay, now I've got to get this out to the audience. What did we talk about? How did we talk about it? What's the best platform? Who's my target? Who could benefit? There's a lot of value in here. What is the value? What, how do I break it? I mean, it's just you go from an hour of chat to possibly six, seven, eight hours of trying to land this into an audience so you can really leverage this piece of content to maximum effect because, you know, unless you're quite happy to do a, a TikTok and let it go. And if it goes, then it great. If it doesn't, I don't really care. Um, if you're doing it as a business and a brand building or a personal brand or any sort of marketing exercise, you do want to leverage it. You want this great bit of content to get as many eyeballs or earbuds as possible. But I just found the whole distribution so difficult. Like there's so many platforms. How do I get the clips? How do I get the snippets? How does my audience find what I'm talking about? You know, if there's people out there that are um, you know, really into content marketing, what are they looking for and how do I surface it to them? So there were so many problems in the distribution side of it. It was so sort of fragmented and, um, you know, left to everyone's own devices that I thought there's got to be an easier way. There's got to be a way to automate it, to sort of uh, centralise it. Um, you know, let's look at that as an opportunity and that's how, you know, this Sonnet business came about. It was actually trying to solve this problem of, create a problem and uh, listen a problem as far as spoken word content. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. You know, uh, both in my video content that I release on YouTube and in the podcast that just from my own experience, I, I feel that there is so much more that can be done with the, the content that I'm putting effort into creating. Yes, we have a, we have a distribution strategy. You know, I work with a virtual assistant to, um, you know, to create snippets and to publish show notes pages. So it becomes a blog article. Um, you know, we take YouTube videos and transcribe them into and, you know, tweak them into a, uh, an article, like a written article that we can then publish on the blog as well. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, uh, platform cross platform pollination, I guess, of the content that we create, but man, it's time consuming. You know, <laughs> yes. I, yes. I leverage, um, you know, affordable labor with, uh, you know, a VA in the Philippines to do that, but it's still time consuming, you know. And it's still a cost. Yeah, it's still a cost. So so tell me about Sonnet and how it helps people with this challenge. So, yeah, again, with my own podcast, it, it got um, we picked up a sponsor, which took a little bit of the pain out of the, the cost of production. And then it became even more sort of like a, I won't say I won't say a noose around my neck. That's probably uh, a bit harsh, but it would be, you know I had to get this content out the door, which meant I had to get maximum effort because someone's investing their additional capital into me and and, and the podcast. So I thought, you know, if I'm going to be making a few dollars to cover costs, I've got to maximise this opportunity. So again, went really deep into what does it look like. 
Uh, how much time does it take to produce snippets, clips, to transcribe, to write the blog post, to try and get some SEO equity? All organic opportunities, so no sort of paid marketing anywhere. Want to build the audience completely organically because that's what I think the ecosystem really enables, and that's why it's so attractive uh, because your cost of acquisition can be quite low. Um, and so, found this. You know, this is just before COVID hit. I found this company. I was doing a podcast. This is true story. A couple of days before Christmas, recording an episode. And I was just at the point where all of these thoughts had sort of come together. And I said to this guy, Jared Holland, um, he goes, what are you, what are you going to do? What's your next business? And I said, oh, I've got this idea around voice search and discovery and automation and AI. And he goes, really? And I said, yeah, he goes, before you build it, you should meet these guys who've got a couple of desks in my building. They're sort of like a couple of engineers down in the garage. Uh, they built some tech around this. And so I did meet them, Paul and Arnie. Uh, had a chat to them and they had sort of taken some, um, it was more call center kind of software, but it was still doing some transcription and categorization. I thought, yeah, that's really the building blocks of what I'm talking about here because it's normalizing voice into text and from there you can do a whole lot of other tasks with it. And so I thought, well, I've got this decision, do I build something from scratch or work with these guys to sort of take over the work they've done and get some you know, a head start and got to lead into the market with a brand and some trademarks and all this sort of stuff. And then COVID hit. I thought, geez, it's going to be difficult to raise money into the teeth of a, a global pandemic. Uh, maybe we should just start working with these guys and see where it goes. So we did. I came into Sonnet, wasn't even my business name. It was Paul and Arnie's brainchild. They'd done work with Swinburne University and a couple of Trobe and a couple of other universities. And it was really an education play for them. And Paul Crump um, was the engineer who really had spent his life in call centres and contact centres. And so this opportunity sort of serendipitously through my podcast uh, opened up to me and I sort of went, yep, I can wrap my teeth into this or sink my teeth into it, wrap my arms around it. And uh, that's, that's how Sonnet became. It was already born. I just, you know, got in there, took the driver's seat and, um, set it on its way and sort of refocused it more on the media entertainment and content arena. So born out of this, I guess, frustration that you felt with your own content of, you know, being able to, or wanting to be able to better leverage the content that you've got in different ways combined with this AI technology that, that was being developed here by this, this, these other people. You know, really, which I guess, you know, as you said there, the foundation of Sonnet is the ability to take voice and and transcribe it and normalise it into text and then you can do stuff with it, right? So uh, that combination has kind of led to to what Sonnet is. So can you tell us what can you do with Sonnet? Because I'm hazarding a guess that people listening to this podcast understand or know about AI transcription. There are... It seems, and it must be, you probably know this better than me, but it must be based on uh, the development of technology and AI getting to a certain point over the last couple of years. It seems to have really come to a fore just recently. Yeah. And I, don't know, I don't know why that is, probably because of technology developing but and just rolling out into different areas. But, um, you know, I think when you think back to, I'm going on a few different tangents here, but stick with me. <laughs> you know, when you think back to, you know, the early early days of automatic transcriptions or automatic subtitles on YouTube. That was my first experience, right? With YouTube um, captioning your videos 
automatically behind the scenes. And often that was rubbish, particularly with an Australian accent. You know, it, it didn't work very well, but it was, it was valuable to Google and YouTube because there was enough correct words in there that they could use that as a method of classifying and categorizing videos through SEO. Right. So that that's where it kind of started for me, but over the last you know, probably two years, I think that's really come in leaps and bounds. The tools yeah. that I've seen and that I'm, that I've had um, interaction with 99% accurate most of the time. So yeah. I understand that that's kind of the underlying technology of Sonnet as well, but you guys take it a step further. So I'll hand back to you, you know, what does the tool actually do and, and how does it do it? I might give you a, just to expand on this YouTube thing, because it is for a lot of people, you know, the first place they come across voice to text, but it's actually more pervasive when you think about it. Every time you talk to Siri, um, every time you talk to Alexa, you know, it's doing the same thing. It's turning your voice into text at some level. You know, you're not seeing it happening on a, on a, on a chip, but then it's being able to act on that at an instruction level. And so what happened, the reason why it accelerated was the combination of AI. Um, here's my voice. I can understand that. I can turn it into text. And then machine learning. Every interaction that you've had on your phone, no Alexa, I didn't mean this, no, you know, no Siri, or I, I, I dictate a text message and then I go correct it. You've got a massive resource of feedback or what they call human in the loop going, oh, I thought it was that, it's actually that. And so the algorithm's being trained by tens of millions of people constantly, um, and that's what's really got this accuracy up to a level where it's become a, a really useful product because now you've got a level of accuracy, it's almost a commodity uh, that you can use across the board. And that's opened up a whole range of other possibilities that we've sought to capitalise on. So in terms of what Sonnet can do, Going back to my original kind of thesis around the business, there was three problems that I saw in this space. You got creator area, you know, the creator solutions, how much time it takes to distribute content. There was the the listener concerns. How does the listener find what they're looking for? You know, I've got all these bits of great content. How do they engage with it? And you touched on SEO. That's a really important part of listeners being able to discover your content. And then there's the monetization piece, you know, sitting right at the end. If I'm a brand, if I'm a business, um, how do I monetize content in a way that I can get effective results? And that leads to being able to target um, my audience and find my audience. So they're the three sort of broad areas where we thought, okay, let's create some software that can really enhance workflows and provide real return on investment for any user. So from a creator point of view, I want to create clips. I want to create snippets. I want to be able to search for themes or for good quotes. Um, and then I want to be able to clip it and automatically distribute it to my uh, social media platforms. You talk about writing a blog post. What if the bulk of that blog post can be written for you by the machine? Because uh, that technology exists. I want to caption my videos. So all you have to do with Sonnet as a creator is upload your file, voice or video file. All of those things are done for you, prepared in a way that you can now, you know, here's my transcript of what was said. I really like that quote. I just highlight it, clip it. Now I want to publish it to social media. I've got the transcript. 
it's all summarized it, it's pulled out all the hashtags from that piece of content that are contextually relevant. It takes you 10 seconds as opposed to, you know, 40 minutes or if you transcribe something, hours. Now, if I want to find a theme through all of my content and find the 10 times people have talked about uh, resilience, I can type in the word resilience and every time it's been mentioned in my podcast library, I've got it. So now I can have a, a clip of all of those bits of resilience, combine them together uh, and send that off. And so now you've got all these powerful creator solutions at your fingertips based on artificial intelligence, turning it into um, a transcript and then artificial intelligence, writing the summary and tagging everything up and any interaction you have with it. And the machine learning goes, Oh, I think Ben really likes this kind of content and not this. So it's, over time it starts presenting you better and better content. From the listener's point of view, they want to be able to engage in the same way. They want to find, you know, someone talking about resilience in marketing or, you know, I often use turtles in Switzerland. Um, if it's in the audio file, it's not searchable, it's not crawlable, it's not indexed, it's not tagged. But if you run it through Sonnet, every bit of tagging happens and then you can publish it, um, surface that through captions or uh, via a blog post. And all of a sudden, all the search engines, Google in particular, can crawl it, can index it. And if someone types in turtles in Switzerland, it'll take them to your piece of audio content. Um, it's that kind of easy. So what you're doing is facilitating your listeners to be able to discover the content. If you've got a lot of content, you know, you've got hundreds of episodes and someone's listening to an episode on, um, you know, engine manufacturing, any other content that's related to that can now be surfaced in a playlist to that listener. Here's some other stuff about manufacturing or here's some other stuff about engines or, you know, having contextual relevance or proximity so you can engage that audience member, give them more of what they want when they want it. So they're two really big pillars and there's a whole range of other tools, but hopefully that gives you some ideas of the, the possibilities of engagement and automation. And then you've got monetization. What are we talking about across all of my content? Uh, where's a good place for to insert, dynamically insert an ad? In the last two minutes, what were we actually talking about? What are the themes that constantly come up? Oh, you know what? We're always talking about Japan. Uh, to go off and find uh, someone in uh, travel to say, hey, we're always talking about Japan. You, you're selling tickets to Japan. Here's a really good opportunity to align your brand with our content. So you get this really good possibility for monetization. If you've got a library of content, um, someone wants to find a course, for example, on you know content marketing, they could go to your website, you've got all your content, they could type it in and they find this piece of, of content and they go, wow, that's really good. And you say, well, uh, it's $2 to join a membership or $2 to download this piece of content. So people can find it, you can monetize it better, you can clip it, you can align it, you can target your audience. Uh, these are all essential tools. And right down the track is you say, hey, Alexa, find me the bit where Ben was talking to Tony Simmons about uh, content marketing. And because it's all been tagged and indexed, you can go straight to it. And voice activation is the future of how people engage with search.
There's a there's a lot that you a lot that you covered there, Tony. So I just want to sorry, kind of <laughs> sorry, no, 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 that's that's great. I mean, that's a really good kind of forty thousand foot view of 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 what Sonnet does. But I just want to hone in on a few things that really stand out for me. So, you know, full disclosure for for the listeners, I've I've dabbled around in Sonnet. I've kind of created a a free account. I've uploaded some content. I've pressed a few buttons and had a bit of a go but I haven't gone really deep into it yet. So I might ask some questions here, uh, Tony, which is showing my lack of full understanding about what your platform does. But let me just, um, let me just dive in on a few things because what I really, what stood out for me from the start was the ability for the, the AI to basically not only transcribe your content, but also to, to just be, be smart about finding snippets that it believes are good snippets to pull out of your content and obviously some of those that it kind of surfaces through the ai aren't great but many of them are you know so and i'm assuming that it kind of will learn over time as well yeah correct with that it does yes cool. it does so i mean that that's the key thing that i think stands out for me is that straight away you can you can very quickly just go yeah snippet there snippet there Yep. 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 I'll take that one, that one, and that one and clip it out of your main content automatically, and then just publish it off to a platform. I think, I think that's just a a time saver and a game changer alone. And then you add to that the ability for it to do that, not only with audio, but also with, with video and to, you know, burn in the captions onto the video as well for, you know, sound off viewing on social media. And you've got the ability to, repurpose and and i guess create variations of your content very very quickly so i think that's that's super valuable for me personally so there's a couple of things again sort of going back to my early days looking at you know the the likes of gary vinerchuk talking about you know how do you do content marketing well take a long form piece of content and turn it into lots of snackable little bite-sized pieces of content the second thing that comes out of that is um, quality or quantity. Um, and he was firmly in the camp of, uh, quantity. Um, I'm firmly in the camp of quantity with some quality, you know, and it doesn't have to be, you know, polished to, uh, you know, global award standards, but there are nuggets of gold in any sort of conversation that are worth surfacing to an audience from a promotional or engagement perspective so if the ai doesn't get it right and say here's five clips and you go yes i can do one of those a day and that's everything taken care of that's that's saved a lot of time if it doesn't get it right um and i'll I'll address that bit in a second then you go oh i've got a full transcript i can read through it i've got all the tags the tags actually tell me which keywords uh, had the most energy and the most emphasis and therefore the system thinks are the most valuable. So I can just sort all my keywords by value, click on that. Oh, that's a really good um, clip. Select the worst, there's the clip. So instead of, again, having to go into a different editing suite and cutting it up or listening to it and trying to find it, system's done all of that sort of grunt work for you. So the time saving in distribution is just, you know, it certainly solved the problem I was setting out to solve. And I think the piece I really wanted to address is around the way people perceive AI. 
AI is not a replacement for a human being. It's a long way off that. You know, we're not going to get into um, Terminator world for for some time. We may do, but I'll be long gone by then with any luck. Um, what it does do is it does a lot of the manual stuff really, really well. It never sleeps. Whatever you tell it to do, it will continuously do. Um, and that's really helpful for content distribution where it is a punish to go through time and time again and find 20 bits of short form content from one bit of long form. So if it can save you time and do it better than you, do it you know, 80% as well and give you really good engaging stuff regularly, okay, maybe it's not going to be to the same level as if you finessed it yourself, but imagine the time savings you would get and what's the uplift you're going to get in audience engagement and um, shares or likes or downloads. It's hard to say. It's probably, you know, at the edges rather than, uh, you know, it's going to be the difference between going viral and not. So AI is not to replace a human. It's not to get it perfect. It's to automate and save you a huge amount of time and effort and energy. And we sort of think for every um, hour that you would spend transcribing, captioning, snippeting and all these things, um, you probably save between seven and ten by just putting it through a system like Sonnet that can surface all these things just on upload. Yeah, that's so cool. I think that's a valuable thing to recognise with, with AI, as you've mentioned there. It's it's to augment and supplement what what we would want to be doing through human effort anyway, you know. So, And what we, I think, as a result of the effort that it often takes to do things the way that we would probably ideally want to, we often just don't do them, you know. We just don't, for example, on my podcast show notes page, we don't publish a full transcript of the of the uh, podcast because of the effort that it goes to to checking and, and getting a transcription. But tools like AI make that so much easier. One and thing I, I want to just uh, sorry, I, was gonna say, I bet you don't have a full lot of tags, you know, if you're publishing no. on certain platforms. You know, so and there's a missed those, opportunity. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's targeting, you know, what we're talking about here. It'll ultimately an audience member will one day say, I want to find something about this. And if it's tagged, you give it every chance of being discovered. If it's not, then it's really sitting on the shelf and you're not, you know, leveraging your, you, these efforts that we're going through now in creating the content. Yeah, 100%. I want to hone in on one thing there that you mentioned, which really intrigued me of of the value that's put on some of those those tags or keywords that the, the technology is pulling out. So you mentioned, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's, placing value on these based on emphasis or energy when spoken. Is that correct? Yeah. So with every word that gets spoken, we sort of uh, give it up to 24 different characteristics, which the machine can then call it the machine. Now I make it sound like Terminator. Uh, <laughs> the, the computer, the AI is looking at, you know, start time, end time, uh, sentiment. So, I mean, sentiment's a complex thing, but, was it positive? Was it negative? Was it neutral? Uh, what level of energy? What level of emphasis? What was the next word, the gap between it? What was the the energy on the next word? Was it a different speaker that spoke the next word? Did they say something like, oh, that's brilliant or amazing? So there's a whole range of rules that get bit, written around looking at every single word and how it fits, repetition as well, um, and then giving it a score as to whether that is a key word. So, you know, if you were going to do that, 
again, the amount of time you'd have to spend trying to dissect and you just wouldn't do it. It's just not yeah. something you'd ever consider doing. But the machine can do it really quickly because we've looked at, okay, what are the characteristics that, you know, indicate that this is a keyword or a really important word and emphasis and energy and these sorts of things. And then taking out, you know, words like brilliant, brilliant, if someone's continually saying brilliant, I mean, brilliant's a nothing word um, and you wouldn't want that to be a keyword. So you're then looking in, or, in and around brilliant, what was the keyword that actually led to people saying brilliant? All rules-based, you know, it's, again, AI is something, it's not really intelligent, it's artificially intelligent and we're just giving it a whole lot of rules to look at. Yeah, that's so so fascinating and interesting um, how that how that kind of works. And I think the interesting thing for, for me is the opportunity that that gives you, I think, um, particularly as, as it rolls out further and improves further as well. So I'm interested to explore, you, you mentioned before, obviously we've talked about the benefit to the creator, right, um, to leverage time and, and leverage the content in different ways. And there's plenty more we can talk about there, but you mentioned before around the value to the, to the listener, to the audience. Is does Sonnent allow you to build that kind of search functionality into, say, a website or a, or a content library um, yeah. through yeah. A, a plugin or something? Yeah, not not even just HTML code that enables you to embed it as a you know a frame into your website and then make sure that the uh, uh, the code surfaces the you know the transcript and the keywords in a way that gets a SEO equity and benefit. Um, we haven't yet got to the point of being able to build a collection and embed that into someone's website. It's, it's on the roadmap. It's not far away. Um, but yeah, same sort of thing. I've got my content library. I want to share it at the content level item. So the transcript, all the keywords, that's already there. So you can make a clip or take the original file, uh, put it up on the Sonnet URL. People can search it. They can export the the transcript, the SRT files. If you want to, you can set it up so they clip it themselves and share it on social media. So you give every piece of content the tools for your audience to share it and engage with their audience as well if they're curating their oh, own cool. content. So, you know, there's there's a lot of work to go into sort of, you know, building out this ecosystem. But, again, you want to give your, your listeners the discovery tools uh, and the engagement tools where they go, oh, that's a great piece of content. I mean, how many times have you gone, oh, did you hear this or did you see this? Uh, I can't remember where it was. I think it was this. But if you could search for, you know, Elon Musk smoking weed, okay, and go straight to it, then go, I really want to show someone this and I could just select the words and turn it into a clip and put it on social media, uh, that's really empowering. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the future of, of where this sort of thing can go for, for content and content creators and, and the audiences of those content creators, I think, is really, really exciting. So, you know, I know that um, Sonnet is, is still in the startup phase. You know, there's huge functionality to what you've, what you've got there that I really encourage people to go and just go and check out, go and dive in and upload some content and, and give it a crack um, and experience it for yourself. Where's it going though? What's the future roadmap? I mean, I guess you can't reveal everything, but um, what do you see as the big picture, the the direction that Sonnet's going? 
Yeah, so, I mean, we're in the startup phase, but we're lucky enough to have, um, you know, Southern Cross Stereo, which is a big, you know, listed radio network and podcast network in Australia as a client now and building product for them and integrating it's teaching us a lot about the the opportunities in as far as advertising and brands and sales, engaging with audiences, measuring it on social. So, we, you know, we're so lucky to be partnered with them uh, because it's accelerating our development of software and making sure we're focused on the right stuff. And then at the other end of the spectrum, we've got a lot of, uh, you know, I suppose what we would call long tail of podcast producers, podcast studios, uh, content creators as customers as well. So we've got this top-down, big enterprise sort of play and bottom-up, um, smaller studios and businesses all looking at the same tool set and going, there are bits that are really good for all of us. Um, and for the big enterprises, they're really interested in the brands and how it can engage with their find opportunities for big sales for uh, their brands and make sure that their customers or their brands are really happy. So, you know, want to create um, some content relevant to Mazda. How many times was Mazda mentioned across all of our content? And we can find all the influences and create a little montage of Mazda. I mean, that's something that can't be done at the moment because you can't search that easily. To be able to show that to a brand is really great. If I'm a listener and I want to be able to follow the, um, well, you're up in Queensland, you know, the, the Brisbane Broncos across this particular content creator, every time they'll mention, get a notification saying, hey, Ben, they're talking about the Broncos again and you can go straight into that clip. That's really powerful stuff. So, you know, that's the direction we're going. And for the studios and the producers like yourself, being able to do all these things under one roof, but not saying you have to use Sonnen, you have to buy in platform and it replaces everything else. Not at all. You get all the function and all the features from Sonnen, but if you're going to use Adobe Premiere Pro to do all your post-production and that's your professional suite, then just export everything from Sonnet, like all your tags, your captions, into that. And again, it saves time. It augments and enhances workflow. You don't have to replace it. But if you want a really good content library that's searchable and your customers can engage with, then, you know, it's a, you know, we think we've built a really good alternative. Where I really want to go, though, is at some point, just like transcription, all of this stuff is going to be readily available through different platforms. And I want to be the, the sort of plumbing or the engine that powers, you know, like Adobe or LinkedIn saying, oh, if you want to create a clip with all the hashtags and that, no one's going to know that it's us. I'm quite happy to be the invisible engine behind it, but we want to be the system that is giving someone, here's your 24 characteristics of a piece of voice and then they can use it within their own data and structures as they as they need. So, you know, really enhancing, augmenting, but at the same time, there's a valuable proposition now. You're saving time, saving money, you're giving yourself the best ability to leverage your content and focus on the high value stuff. The low value stuff's just done for you by a machine. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. If that hasn't inspired listeners of this episode today, just go out and, and give Sonnen to try, then I don't know. I don't know what will, you know, I, I feel like this the ability right now to jump in and into a platform at the, at the early stages before it basically becomes like you say, um, the, engine behind some of these bigger brands. And so I think, um, yeah, I'm excited to, to spend some more time diving in as well and integrating Sonnet into some of our workflow 
um, throughout my own content creation journey. And I encourage listeners of the podcast to go and give that a crack as well. We'll have a, an easy link for people to to check out Sonnet at engagevideomarketing.com slash Sonnet, S-O-N-N-A-N-T. That'll probably be the easiest place for people to go. Engagevideomarketing.com slash Sonnet. Tony, any part, parting words, any final words for the video marketer, the content creator, the person listening to this podcast who's thinking about the power of AI to, to leverage their content better? No, look, I think the, um, you know, the level of engagement you can get from content, you know, is just unbelievable. The organic reach you can get without having to spend any money from Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn in particular is just enormous. You've got a global audience you can build. If you're not, if, you know, content marketing like this doesn't have to be your whole marketing strategy, but it definitely needs to be a plank or a pillar in your strategy. Um, and if you build a long-form piece of content, any long-form piece of content, even if it's just an internal discussion, there's value in there that can engage people. And if you know what's in there and you can target it, you're going to get audience, you're going to build brand, you're going to get eyeballs and earbuds. So, you know, content marketing, I think, you know, 90% of businesses know that how important it is and they do it regularly. If you're sort of sitting on the fence, don't think you have to do something professional. Just put yourself out there and make sure it's a, a commitment to do it. You know, have that cadence. If the cadence is too hard, then use on it. <laughs> Love it. Tony, thanks for joining me. It was super interesting chat. Just got me my brain firing in all sorts of places. So thanks for thanks for coming on today. Ben, thanks very much for having me. Enjoy your weekend. So there you go. What do you reckon? Are you ready to give Sonnet a try for yourself? I encourage you as you've listened to this episode to dive in and give it a go. To do that, you can go to engagevideomarketing.com slash Sonnet, S-O-N-N-A-N-T, or just go to sonnet.ai and make sure that when you do give it a try, that you enter the coupon code AMOS1. The guys at Sonnet have set that specially up for you guys, listeners to this podcast. Now that's my surname, Amos, A-M-O-S, one. And that will give you a massive 50% saving off any subscription that you make to Sonnet. Give it a crack, see how it works, see how it works for you and your content, and then let me know. That code again, Amos, one, and that'll get you 50% off. And if you've enjoyed today's show, I would love, as always, a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. To do that, just go to engagevideomarketing.com slash review and follow the links and leave your review. I appreciate you for doing that. And that's it for this episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to my guest, Tony Simmons, for joining me and sharing his insight and wisdom in today's episode. Once again, just head on over and check out Sonnet, engagevideomarketing.com slash Sonnet. Use the code AMOS1 to get your 50% off. And I'll be back with you next week for another episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast.